Welcome back to the next episode of Pop Topic. I'm your host, Quentin Phillips, and to help break down all of the latest movie news and stories over the last couple of weeks, we have Tristan. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well, you know, same old, same old, really, on my end. Uh, excited that Avatar 2 is coming out. Uh, are you watching that this weekend? It's this weekend. Yeah. Why did I think it was the following weekend? I didn't know it was that soon. Oh, my God. This weekend. That's, uh, that's exciting. I, I guess I'm going to have to make plans. I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> you really had no idea? No. I, ought to, I really don't pay attention to release dates. I never know them, never pay attention, don't really care. Movies just kind of come out, like, oh, I should go see that, and I go see it. That's um, a good way to do it. Yeah, that's kind of how I operate. I think it's because I don't really look at, like, the, the, the trailers and stuff, right? So I try to stay away from the marketing material. So I just, at this point, don't notice marketing material. So I don't really see like, the countdown ads and, like, all that kind of stuff. I just don't notice. So I don't really pay attention. I just kind of keep looking at the, the list of mo- movies playing at my local cinema, and one pops up, I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I'll go watch that. Yeah, I normally don't pay too much attention to movie release dates, except for, like, these upcoming months. Like, I think November, December, and early January is when I really pay attention, mostly because we're doing the best of the year podcast at the end of January. Or I guess we're recording at the end of February, actually, so we got tons of time. But I'm still trying to figure out what movies to pick, so I kind of look at the release dates and figure out, okay, I'll try to watch this one at this time and this movie at that time to maybe get my movie picks coordinated then but you know aside from that yeah i you know the rest of the year i'm kind of with you i don't really follow the trailers and stuff i mean but but like normally for big releases i do pick up that like it's coming coming up before like the like this with avatar normally i'm not that oh my gosh is that it's coming up next weekend normally i know like the week before yeah i thought you would have for sure knew that this was coming out this week um yeah, you you, should, you have to bring one of your tickets, Tristan. I think all the IMAX theaters are filling up. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen around me. But I guess I'll have to check because there is only one IMAX theater. Oh, yeah. no, there's two. Both both Cineplex and Landmark have one down. Okay. There are none here uh, where I am. Yeah, ours filled up fast. Like, insanely fast. Me and my friends all pre-ordered the IMAX tickets for the film three weeks ago and it's it filled up two weeks ago like it's fully filled the entire weekend you know opening weekend i guess for imax yeah yeah we but, might not even get around to seeing the opening weekend. Might, might have to wait for uh, yeah. like weekend two or something yeah i'm sure the second weekend is going to be pretty open you know it's no, mostly just yeah. the first weekend especially you know i'm in a pretty big city and there's only one big imax theater so it fills up quick, but we yeah, saved some tickets. You're, you're yeah, you're a significantly larger city. Yeah, but we had to go for the 4 o'clock showing. We couldn't even go to the, like, 8 p.m. showing because it was filled three weeks ago. Well, 4 o'clock show is perfect. It's a three-hour film. <laughs> you're not going to make a three-hour film start at 8 p.m., Quentin. Guys, honestly, that's what I was saying. I was telling my friends, because, you know, they, they, they weren't too thrilled when they heard <laughs> 4 o'clock showing. That's, like, in the middle of the day, but... You know, by the time it's over, it's 7.30, and then we can have drinks yeah. and food after. Like That's, that's pretty, the thing. Time yeah. to go for, get out to eat, you know, <laughs> discuss the film. Yeah, so, so, so that's definitely the plan. Yeah, if we went to the 8 o'clock showing, we'd, uh, we'd be out by midnight. So I think this may have been a blessing in disguise that we got the earlier showing. Yeah, uh, it is a long... How long is the film? Three and a half hours? Three hours and 12 minutes. Okay. Okay, that's not bad. Just over three hours. Yeah. 
Did you hear the news about the Avatar 4 script? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hearing news about the other Avatar movies. I think it's hilarious. Oh, man. I don't know if any of it's true. I doubt any of it is. But I, uh, I don't know. Apparently these movies are going to be incredible. That's, uh, that's kind of the hearsay. <laughs> but I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited just because James Cameron is so excited. I think I'm it's hilarious. I'm very excited. That's the thing. Like, I have no interest in the Avatar universe. Really, if I'm being honest, like the first one was good, yeah, but it's not something I'm like, man, I gotta see more from that. No. Uh, however, I trust James Cameron. He's he spent like ten years making the first Avatar movie and delivered the highest grossing film of all time. He's not gonna waste thirteen years of his life making a film for it to be bad. Like that's crazy. He hasn't really made a bad film yet. He hasn't spent thirteen years making one. Nah, I, I have too much faith in James Cameron as a director to believe this film will ever be bad. I question if it warrants seven films in a franchise, but uh, I'm excited. So I'm recording a James Cameron podcast pretty much right after we watch Avatar 2. So I've been watching this entire filmography the last week and a half. Uh, yeah, the, the guy rarely misses. And even if he doesn't have like the best film ever, uh, like worst case scenario, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> like Worst case scenario, it, it's a good movie. It, it doesn't have a yeah. bad film. So I, I faith he's made it, like three it. movies in the past like four decades, right? Yeah, yeah he doesn't really make and that many the, movies. the the two that have already released were both the highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, and, and it'll be yeah, you have to go back over four decades, I think, right, in order to get like his his film before Titanic. Um, the one before Titanic, I think, is most recent one. After that was. True Lies, I think, which was in 1994, 93. So it was, it was within four decades, but pretty close. Okay, yeah, pretty close. But... Yeah. And then after that, you get into the Terminator movies, right? Because they were late 80s, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good track record. I haven't seen True Lies, but I'm assuming that one's good. That's uh, You got to go pretty far back in order to reach any sort of bad movie. Yeah, um, and then The Abyss, really which I haven't actually seen The Abyss yet. I'm going to watch that sometime this week, but True Lies, oh. hilarious film. I think you would love it. Okay. Yeah, really funny movie, like a, a straight-up comedy. It's, it's, it's oh, I time. love comedies. Yeah, I haven't, haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, so, you know, uh, since you're not going to be on the James Cameron podcast, you know, before we get to even Avatar 2, what's your favorite James Cameron film? I haven't seen a lot. I know I was just hyping up as a director, but I really haven't seen number-wise too many. I think I've just seen the first two Terminators, Avatar, and Titanic, I believe. Well, that's half his film art, so, you know, that's pretty good. Oh, I guess he hasn't really made that many movies. He, right. Ah, my favorite? It might be Avatar. I don't remember Terminator 2 at all. In fact, I'm not confident I've ever actually seen it. I know for sure I've seen the first and the third. I can't really remember if I've seen the second. I think I have. But I'm not too sure. It's probably one of the movies I should like for sure rewatch. But so, and I, Titanic was good, but not great. So I go Avatar. Yeah, and you know Terminator Two is on Crave, Tristan. So nice and easy to watch. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get around to it eventually then. <laughs> yeah, I have Avatar... a lot of movies to watch. There's so many movies. Yeah, that's true. There's so many. I, honestly, I'm kind of overwhelmed whenever I think about like what movies I like plan to watch. I got too much. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, in Avatar 2, I don't know if you've seen the projected amount it's going to be making opening weekend. Have you seen it, Trust? Uh, no, but I'm guessing a lot. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, what's your guess? If you had to make a guess of what? Like domestic world, or worldwide? Worldwide. 
Is but to be fair, I want to be fair, I have the numbers for both, but... Is it opening in China worldwide? Yes. It is opening in China? Okay. So that changes a huge... Yes, it changes a lot. <laughs> That's probably like a close to 100 mil right there, right? Realistically. So for domestic, I'm going to say 350 mil. International, I'm going to say like 700. No, 750. Well, uh, this is actually way lower than what you're predicting. Uh, 750 would be insane. It's predicted to make half a billion dollars opening weekend worldwide. So it's 500. So yeah, 500,000. Sorry, (laughs) yeah, 500 million. I guess I was far off, but not like... How was domestic? Uh, Domestic is predicted to make 180 million. 180. I felt... After I said 350, that felt high, because I was thinking, wait, I think like Fourth Awakens was 400. Or like Endgame was also like 400 and something. Yeah, but like four hundred, but I was I was assuming it would be there. Like I thought this would be like, is this not supposed to be the uh, next highest grossing movie of all time? Like, like the first one was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. And to be fair, I guess the first Avatar had a s- slow start as well. It's all about building. Yeah, and that's kind of what this film is to bank on. One. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in China alone, it's predicted to make two hundred million. Two hundred million from China. That's what the prediction is saying. So they they. They think 40% of his gross is coming from China? <laughs> yeah, they think... Yeah, 40%. Yeah, literally, they think do the, almost the, half. Do the Chinese just love Avatar? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is that, like, a thing? Yeah, I guess I've never been to China. Maybe they just have, like, giant Avatar fever over there. They're just super pumped. For so they, they're expecting it to be higher than domestic, because domestic, they only projected 180. Yes. Yeah, and to be fair, I guess, if you look at the original film, uh, over 50% of its profit was... De- was international as well, so maybe they're kind of going off that. Type of yeah, but what percent of that was China, though? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, like no, around ten percent, wasn't it? No, yeah, yeah, it wasn't forty percent just from China. My Chinese box office was a lot smaller back then, and that's the biggest difference. So yeah. It was substantially smaller. And I so maybe an apple and yeah. oranges comparison in that regard. But. It maybe has something to do with the fact that like they've approved no movies this year. Like they didn't get Top Gun Maverick. They didn't I was get... really surprised when you said yeah. yes, it's getting a Chinese release because yes. I totally thought it would be a no. Yeah, uh, they're not getting any MCU films this year, right? Like, they, China, <laughs> China got nothing this year. They, it's a drought over there. They're dying yeah, or something. Yeah, they're really so, promoting yeah. domestic stuff. Yeah, so maybe this being the first blockbuster from America that they're really getting, you know, maybe they're just... Or maybe it'll be lower. Maybe the Chinese population has less interest in That's America. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, you know, we'll see if it makes the $500 million opening weekend. Um, you know, I hope it does. Uh, you seem to have faith that it does. You thought it was going to be 750 for a second. I'm expecting it to pretty get big, but I didn't even know it was coming out. So, I'm, you know, I'm all over the place today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, if I asked you what you thought Avatar was going to make this week, and you would have been like, nothing, it's not going to come out yet. Wait, wait yeah, on. I thought it was next week. Yeah. I uh, keep thinking, I think about it, I'm like, ah, it's not coming out until December. But then I'm like, oh, shit, we're in December. Yep. Yeah, and we're like a, like a week into December, right? Like at the beginning of it. Yeah, we're literally almost into week two of December. Like, well, we're almost finished week two. Like, we're almost halfway through the month already. You know, this morning we got the Golden Globe nominations. Have you looked at that, Trist? Mm, not all of them. I've seen a good about talked on Twitter about it, but I haven't bothered going and check. Because I'm gonna be real with you, I really don't care about the Golden Globe. <laughs> well, here's what I was actually gonna say about this. 
uh, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> like I, I Thank looked God. at it all and I just went, I really don't care about any of this. Like this is just, it's just not the Oscars. Like it just, it doesn't really. Well, and it's not much. like it's, oh, well, it's not the Oscars. I don't just care about the Oscars, right? Oh, that's a lie. I do. But like, as far as smaller awards go, like all the other ones are important. You know, the BAFTAs, the Sega's, whatnot, but yeah. um, the, uh, the Golden Globes in particular are the ones that are just bullshit. And then they have like the get, come off the air. Are they back on the yeah. air now? Are they on TV? Uh, I believe this is going to be the first year they're going to be back on air. Oh, this is the first year you're going to be back on air? Yeah. No one missed them. No. <laughs> the people listening to this, you probably didn't even know that it wasn't on air last year. Yeah. No one does. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a joke. But, you know, that's uh, the Golden Globes for you. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I was willing to talk about them if they did what they normally do, and that was to make, like, absolutely ridiculous calls. Like, I was hoping Tom Hanks from Elvis was going to get supporting actor here, but they can't even screw up right. Like, they're, they're, what are they doing? Like... I really don't care about most award shows, but I particularly just do not care about the Golden Globes. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't either. Uh, you know, one award ceremony I'm sure me and you do care about, because they did recognize the greatest film of 2020, Bad Boys for Life, and that is the People's Choice Awards. See, the People's Choice Awards are everything the Golden Globes, like, is kind of trying to be, but way freaking better. You know yeah. what I mean? The People's Choice, it's a People's Choice. You know? It's the voice of the people. These are snobby film critics or Hollywood elites who think they're better than us. This is the everyday man. That's what these are the awards about. The everyday man. Yeah. Uh, do you know which movie won this year for the People's Choice Award? I, it's got to be Top Gun Maverick, right? So do you want me to list off the movies? There's eight nominees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can but maybe it's got to be Top Gun Maverick, right? Like, there's no way. So there's Bullet Train, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, Elvis, Jurassic World Dominion, Nope, The Batman, Thor, Love, and Thunder, and Top Gun Maverick. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I stand by, it's gotta be Top Gun Maverick. It's not Top Gun Maverick. It's not Top Gun Maverick. No. How is it not Top Gun Maverick? (laughs) Because middle-aged men, which is probably easily the larger percent of the Top Gun Maverick uh, viewers, aren't gonna vote for the People's Choice Award. They're the one demographic that's not gonna vote for the People's Choice Award. (laughs) Middle-aged men. And that's the number one demographic for Top Gun Maverick. So you're right, I should have known that. You read off the rest of the answers because I wasn't listening to the first <laughs> Tristan was like, why is he listing them off? This is a waste of my time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Top Maverick. I, but I was using logic. When, of course, the People's Choice Awards don't care about logic. Yeah, right? and also, this is why the People's Choice Awards is such a meme to me. Like, they can't even get, the voice, the the, they can't get the voice of the people right. Top Maverick is clearly the people's choice. Like, what the fuck is this award? It's such a joke. But anyways, the other nominees are Bullet Train, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Elvis, Jurassic World Dominion, Nope, The Batman, and Thor Love and Thunder. You see, now I would think like a Marvel film would be a, a, you know, an easy pick. Because like people online love the Marvel movies and the, you know, the Marvel fan base is very connected and allowed online. But I feel like their vote's going to be split, right? Because there's, there's a couple ones to pick from. So then I would also think like possibly the Batman, because DC has a big voice and, and, and you know, rabbit fan base as well. But Snyder Bros, which is the largest percent of that, didn't like the Batman because it wasn't the bat fight. So then I'm thinking maybe they wouldn't vote for that, right? So then there's a note, which is like probably like critically like one of, if not the best film on this list here, you know, like a real freaking great film. I'm actually shocked uh, it's on this list. Which which means it's not gonna win the People's Choice Awards. You can scratch that one right. That's 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 a good 
And then you got Jurassic World Dominion, which was surprisingly popular, but I think the fact that that movie sucks is going to prevent it from winning, like, a major award <laughs> here. I'll probably win, like, Chris Pat Pratt might win, like, best lead, but, like, this isn't winning the best one overall. So I'm taking that one off the list as well. Which I leads me with... What was the other one? What was, like, the first one you mentioned? Bullet Train and Elvis. That was it. Bullet Train and Elvis. Which I think Bullet Train just wasn't popular enough of a movie. Like, I don't think that was really that big of a hit. I think it kind of got here because it's got Brad Pitt in it. And ah, they needed a tenth nom. So they threw it a bone. I don't think it's winning anything. So I think Elvis, Multiverse of Madness, and Batman are sort of the three top ones here, right? Because I think if the Marvel vote split and the most most are going to go Multiverse of Madness over Thor. Yes. The, Wait, um, was, Wakanda, was Wakanda Forever not nominated? It was not. I don't think it was eligible. I think uh, it didn't. Okay. Make it okay. Yeah. Because I stopped. Because I think that would have been my guess if it wasn't nominated. I'm going to go with Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. It was Multiverse of Madness. Yes. You, <laughs> you worked your way through. You got it. Yeah. I think, I think that probably should have been an easier guess. Yeah. I think if Thor was better, I think if Thor was, was, was more popular overall, it probably would have split the vote more. But I think because they both came off of lukewarm and Multiverse of Madness is sort of like the big Marvel-y film of the two when Thor was more of a, you know, a smaller, self-contained film that most of the Marvel heads would go for the, the big Multiverse masher rather than the, the goofy romp. Yeah. So congratulations to Doctor Strange. You, you pulled out the win here. Um, a few other things I thought was hilarious. They have best comedy best action best drama movie of the year i like those categories i like them too but i don't think they know what a drama is because in the yeah, drama that's the hard part is 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 a yeah, putting things in the yeah like in the drama category they have halloween ends and scream i think they just why don't they add a horror with it. yeah i think they just were like oh well we like horror movies too well horror films aren't very actiony or Lat or the you know they're not very funny or actiony. I guess we'll just throw them in the dramas with the rest of them. So you know, uh, an interesting group. Um, yeah. And then I also thought it was really funny that uh, best action star of the year uh, did not go to Tom Cruise. It went to Elizabeth Olsen for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but I think having somebody on a green screen in an MCU film beating out Tom Cruise that's actually, like, in fire, fighter jets. I think that's hilarious. So those were the two things that really stood out to me. Uh, the rest of it, not really. Uh, you know, it's a pretty terrible awards group, but that's just the people's choice for you. That's, uh, you know... that's The voice of the people. Yeah, are you gonna, are, who are you to question the people? That's true. Who am I to question it? Um, but I think that's the charm of this. See, this like has more charm to me than the Golden Globes. At least this is like hilarious. Golden Globes is kind of just boring, and who cares? Absolutely no. That's the thing. That's my argument as well. Yeah, the People's Choice is way better than the Golden Globes. Golden Globes suck because they're both just as ridiculous. But the Golden Globes is like some super small group of awards votes, one of the smallest groups of all the major awards, um, if you can call it a major award. Uh, one of the smallest groups of voters. Uh, it's just a small group of Hollywood elites. Whereas the People's Choice, it's a voice of the people. They're both ridiculously stupid. But, but, but at least I like one of those groups. That's true. The People's Choice Awards is where the MCU really just runs away with it. They won almost every single award. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because the MCU voters are rabid. They, they got nothing else better to do. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, in between episodes of Loki, they you know they got to do something, and they might as well vote for the people's choice. So that's the issue with Top Gun Maverick fans. They have a life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would say for them. Yeah, that, that that's one thing they got going for them. They got a life. So there you go. That, that that's the update for the uh, awards ceremony front. Um, Golden Globes and People's Choice. You know, it's just the tip of the iceberg before we really get into the Oscars, which is. In a month away, we get the nomination, so it's getting pretty close. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited for that. One, two more things here that uh, popped up recently. So I know you watched a few of these, so I know you're familiar with it. the actors on actors that Variety has. For those that don't know, they just call, they just get a bunch of actors and actresses that are you know really trying to campaign for a potential Oscar in their future. And so they kind of attend, you know, this little bit where they have two of them on stage. They just talk to each other. You know, I I love watching these. You're familiar with them as well, Tristan. Uh, Do you know who is partnered with Martin McDowell? I don't know why this is so funny to me. Are you, are you familiar with uh, the the, the list that just came out today? I I saw the, wait, there's one that came out today. Uh, Well, the video with Martin McDowell, I believe came out today, but the list came out. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the list, like the, the list for this year's, and I remember seeing Martin McDowell on there, and I remember, I just can't remember who he was with. Yeah, so... But I remember it was someone interesting. Yeah, so everyone on this list, actors, actresses, or, or, or directors, Martin McDowell directed uh, The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Most of them are actors, actresses paired up here, except for this pairing. We have one director, Martin McDowell, directed one of the best films of the year, Banshees of Inna and who has partnered with another director, a very well-known director who directed a short, a musical short called Taylor Swift. Oh, right. <laughs> He's paired up with Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, did, 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 like, did Taylor Swift just go to Variety and just go, hey, I, hey, I directed a short. Can I be part of this? And they're like, well, we're not going to fucking say no to Taylor Swift. Sure, you can be with Martin. Like, Well, oh. she's directing a movie, right? Uh, it was actually just announced this week. Uh, literally, I believe the same day they dropped the list of the actors on actors. Uh, yeah, it's now been announced that she's directing a film now, which honestly, I'm kind of excited for. I think that's pretty exciting. That yeah, but I mean, obviously, she would have been working direct- on it prior to now then, right? No, 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 no. It was just announced. She hasn't actually started. No, no, no. This Actors on Actors is for a musical short that she directed. So she's calling herself a director and she's up on stage with martin which like i'm not discrediting anything but i'm just saying <laughs> when actors on actors is normally like for oscar movies and taylor swift is like i but don't I know i think it's you're also forgetting that she has uh acted as well before but have you yeah, not seen valentine's true. day uh, yeah have you not seen cats obviously exactly yeah, this woman's got a lot of talent she um, is an actor yeah and I do wonder if this is kind of like her setting up her campaign trail because she wrote and sang a song for With a Crawdad Sing. It was one of the songs nominated for Best Song for the Golden Globes, not like we care. But I do wonder if maybe this is just like, you know, she's just trying to get her name out there. She's interacting with one of the biggest directors of the year right now. So I just wonder if this is just her kind of getting into Best Song consideration. I'm not too sure why she's doing this, but I just think it's, I haven't watched the video. They just dropped that one today. Uh, and you bet your ass I'm going to watch Martin McDowell talk about directing with Taylor Swift. I don't know why. That's so funny to me. It just it seems weird. It's a seasoned director passing on his knowledge to a new <laughs> one. You know, it's 
Yeah. It's a real coming of the minds here, Quinn. Yeah. To be fair, uh, you know, I'm excited for whatever movie Taylor Swift's going to direct. I think it's interesting to see big talent take their, you know, attempt at directing a film. You know, look at Jordan Peele, who was just like some comedy sketch, uh, now making some of the best films of all time. So, you know, I, I have no issue with Taylor Swift starting directing now. I just don't know why she's in this pool this year. But uh, I'm know. excited to see what movie she directs. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued. I don't know. And obviously they brought her on because she's a big name. Right? Like, yeah. obviously she's probably the most famous person in any of these actor- yeah. actors. And that's saying a lot because they're full of A-list actors like Adam Sandler, Brent Frazier. Yeah. They, they had one together, which was freaking awesome. And then they, uh, lots of other A-listers. Uh, but she's probably the biggest name on there and probably the biggest draw. So I do think it's really interesting that they're pairing her up with someone who's probably one of, you know, the lesser known names on the list. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is pretty funny. They're like, uh, who's this Martin guy that's uh, attached to Taylor Swift? He must be so lucky to have such a big star. We have that one that most people will know. I, I everyone knows who Taylor Swift. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I, no, I, I'm not saying that sarcastically. Like that's literally what people are going to be saying. Like, wow, that's really nice, Martin. This Martin guy's having an opportunity to talk to the greatest. Yeah. So singer when they time. offered him, hey, so we have this great list of people to sit down for the after conversation. Uh, who would you like to pair up with? Or, 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 hey, would you like to pair up with Taylor Swift? He wasn't going to freaking say no. <laughs> oh, you think they gave uh, Martin McDowell the list of all the people? They go, you can pick your choice. And he just went, are you fucking well, kidding me? I don't know if they did. No, 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 I don't think they gave him the choice. I'm sure they said, hey, we have all these people. We're thinking of pairing you up with. And he, like, that's an easy yes for him. All right. He, this is a huge bump in his push for best director this year <laughs> or best picture for best <laughs> this bump. Nice. Have you seen Banshees of Inisherin yet, Trist? Not yet, but I'm excited to. Actually, I say that, but I have no idea what it's about. I just know I have to, so I'm excited anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you have to force yourself to be excited. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm excited or not. I'm watching it, so I'm yeah. also like, it's really good. Uh, honestly, I would say it's a theater movie. Like, you know, I know it's not in theaters anymore. I see Mr. Mark there, but uh, my the theater was laughing out loud. It was so much fun sitting there with just all these people loving this film. Like, it was exciting. Yeah, I really, it kind of gave me everything everywhere all at once vibes in the theater. Everyone's just loving the movie. It was a great time. Uh, Mark McDowell's done it once again. Literally hasn't made a film that's lower than a 4.5 for me. Incredible director. What other movies is he's directed? Uh, he's the same director that did Seven Psychopaths in Bruges and Three, Bo- Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ooh. That's his filmography. That's all he's done. He's done four films. All four are 4.5 out of 5 for me. They're, they're, they're all incredible. I don't think I've seen In Bruges. Which is funny, because In Bruges is probably the closest of the three that uh, this movie is similar to, just in style. They're, they're both very, very British, European films. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So, it's good. Uh, I had a good time with it. Um, yeah, I'm happy that he got to hang out with T-Swift for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so... Really, the last story I have on here, and I'm curious how familiar you are with this, Tristan. Have you ever even heard of the BFI Sight and Sound list? Yeah, that's like the, the super, like, I don't say important, but like the super critical, like, yeah. people claim it's like the most important list for the best movies. And it only happens like once every 10 or 12 years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's happening again recently, and a lot of. I don't know who, who I don't know if these people are voting or if they're just saying their opinion. A lot of famous directors and actors have seen their list comes out. Are they voters or are they just saying their opinions? Uh, they're all voters and they just share their ballots. Okay. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's two separate lists. There's uh there's the critic list and then there's the director list. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's two separate lists, and it's uh, the most interesting thing about this list for me is the fact that they do it every ten years and that's it. And they've been doing it since the seventies. So we have about what uh, seventy, eighty, ninety. We have six lists now. This is list number six every ten years. And so since it's it's not every single year like the Oscars, you can kind of see like a huge gap in kind of the culture or like the way we view things. Like this is the first list that has had a female director's film in the top ten ever. And this year has like I believe three of the top ten. Well, have the results come out? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The results came out. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I haven't seen the results. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see how vastly different each list is. Um, but yeah, I, I have the I, I have the list right here, Tristan. I just had two things that I wanted to check in with you on. One of them being the since it came out this year, uh, 2022, and the last year came out was 2012. I want to see if you can maybe make the prediction. Only four films between those 10 years uh, have made it onto this list. So from 2012 to 2022, only four new films from those 10 years' time have been added. Do you want to maybe see if you can predict which four they are? So four new films, but yeah. all four of those films are from that, this decade? Yeah, well, yeah, there's other films that were added because they kind of became more beloved over time. But yeah, four within the last 10 years of release. Ooh. I didn't think there'd be that many from this past second. Yeah, so, hey, it's actually, uh, yeah, it was better than people thought. So 2012, uh, so Parasite. Yep. And, uh, you know, when you name the movie, I'll uh, tell you its placement. Parasite got 90th place. Oh, this list is top 100? I thought this list was top 10. Uh, top 100. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. 90th, that's pretty low. Yeah. So I assume it would be the highest of the one from these decades. But it must not be then, eh? We're all in that bottom 90. That one was really the only one that felt real obvious to me. <laughs> of being real. I actually um, made a prediction. Uh, before the list came out, I made my own prediction on how many films were going to come out from the last 10 years. I predicted three, and the three that I predicted did make it. There was just a fourth one that I didn't know. But I, I think you can guess them. You know, real critical films that. People have kind of already stated, oh yeah, these are going to stand the test of time. Social Network was before then, right? It was, and it's still not even on the list. Oh, okay. I know, yeah. That's not like the other, really, the next movie I could think of. Like, I thought it was too old. Um, that would make it onto the list. Yeah, I think it should be on the list. I think it's crazy that it's not. Another real that. snub for me, uh, another huge snub in my opinion, is 12 Angry Men. Oh, really? That's a good one, too. Yeah, like, I know I'm biased. It's, like, in my top ten films of all time. Yeah. Like, that's, like, one of the biggest films ever, and it's from the 50s. Like, they love movies from the 50s and 60s. I'm, I'm shocked it didn't make it. Uh, none of them are animated, right? None of the ones from this past decade? Uh, none from the past decade, no. There's only two animated films on the whole list, and they're both Studio oh Ghibli. Oh, gosh, really? No Pixar, yeah. None of them are Pixar, eh? What, what two are they? Uh, Spirited Away and My Neighbor, I, Totoro. Oh, really? They're both Studio Ghibli. Yeah, I knew it was going to be Spirited Away. Yeah. My Neighbor, Totoro. Okay. All right. I don't know them. You're going to have to give them to me. 
All right. Uh, so we have in 100th place. So barely getting in, we have Get Out. Oh, frick. I should have had that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, barely squeaked in. And honestly, I'm kind of glad it got right in there. I, th- I think it's good that it barely edged in. We have at number 61, Moonlight. Okay. I didn't expect, I didn't know that was that, like, that, you know, famous or well loved. I really like it, but I didn't think it was going to be that. Wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, I'm more so surprised that it beat out Parasite. That's, that's pretty shocking. Yeah. But the, uh, the highest rated film from the last decade is Portrait of a Lady on Fire at number 30. Oh. Okay. Have you seen that one yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we did it on the podcast, yeah. of course. It was on the list. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, and you also loved it. So there you go. Yeah. I don't quite know if it's like top 100 movies of all time kind of level, but it yeah. was good for sure. I really liked it. Yeah, it might crack my top 100, but like it might crack it. Like I really like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't be number 30. You know, that's. But yeah, no complaints. I do love that film. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to do was just give you the top 10. I'll, I'll list off the top 10. You can weigh in if you think uh, they're worthy of uh, the 10 greatest films of all time. All right, let's see. Um, are so this have, critics or directors? Uh, this is critics. I can show you the director one as well. They're actually pretty similar. Um, yeah. Even the I whole know. list itself is pretty similar. I would say directors probably got a few more necessary films, like Jaws is on there. It's not in the critic one. Like, they got a few good ones that should have been on the critic one. But as a whole, they're pretty similar. Gotcha. So number 10, we have Singing in the Rain. Never seen that one. I got to watch that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. Uh, you know, we might be getting, <laughs> we might be hearing that a lot during this 10. Number oh, nine. I know, Ericus. I know I have probably seen like maybe one of them. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Man with a Movie Camera. Never even heard of it. Yeah, that's uh, 1929. It's, it's like one of the very early films. It's kind of one of the go tos when you talk about you know, the origin of cinema. So, you know, nine's still pretty freaking high, but. Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Number eight, we have Mulholland Drive. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? I've seen that one. I, 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 do, I do think it's pretty good. Uh, I like it. Uh, number seven is Bo Travail. That's another one I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's BFI Sight and Sound for you right there. And this one, uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but you've definitely heard of this one more. Number six, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's another one I haven't seen. <laughs> I have heard of this one, though. Never got around to it. Yeah, uh, this one is really... I like this one a lot, but it's like a theater film. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, not in a theater. Uh, you know, kind of like Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Uh, number five, In the Mood for Love. Nope. Oh, man. I, that is a fucking movie. I, I, I love that that, and, that see, and I like to think I, I've seen a lot of movies, and I'm like, I think I've seen most like the big games. And then I get like this list, I'm like, I haven't seen any. Of them. Yeah, yeah, this list really makes me feel bad about my lack of knowledge. Uh, yeah, even me, that like, I've been trying to watch a lot of like artsy fucking movies here, and I've seen half from this top ten. So you know, that just goes to show. Number four, Tokyo Story. I haven't uh, heard of that. Uh, you know, okay. Uh, number three, Citizen Kane. I've seen that one. Hey! I'm one for seven, baby. Let's go. Uh, One thing about Citizen Kane, and I don't know if you are this familiar with the sight and sound list, 
It's been number one for like the longest time. Yeah, it's been number one every single year except for 2012 and then this year. So the last two years, it has lost the placement. But every other decade before that, it won. So it's just lost its title. Number two, we have Vertigo. Seen that one. Yeah. Because that one won last time, right? Yes, yeah, this one last year. Yeah, I remember that. And then the winner... The greatest movie, according to Sight and Sound, Tristan, is Gene Delman, 23, Code Commerce, 1080, Brooks What the heck was that? <laughs> uh, like, do you want me to actually read the title again, or are you good? I, yeah, I didn't care. What was the title? What the hell? <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Gene Delman, 23, Code Commerce, 1080, Brooks I'm trying to type it into Google right now. <laughs> Gene Delman, 2400. 23K do commerce, 1080 for This is the worst name for a movie I've ever heard. <laughs> this is brutal. Uh, my favorite part about this winning is I can't wait for a bunch of people to watch this movie and fucking hate it. Like, yeah, I, I'm totally going to watch it. I don't think I'm going to like it. Um, I've actually seen this movie. It was actually perfect timing. This is one of the many artsy-fartsy films I saw this year, mm-hmm. and it ended up winning. So I, I, you know, I feel very studious. For, Did you like uh, it? Uh, I, I liked it. You I, didn't like it. I gave it a three out of five. I think it's... <laughs> decent I, I you know it would not crack my top 100 that's for sure it's uh it's a very interesting movie do you want me to kind of give you the brief synopsis trust um sure yeah give it to me okay so you better sit down for this one trust it's a very action-packed movie almost the All length right. of avatar 2 it's pretty close it's about a three and a half hour movie so a bit longer than avatar 2 of a woman in her kitchen okay there you go that's it. I'm in. That's <laughs> so baby. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Damn right. I saw the poster that she drinks a glass of milk. So that's all the excitement I need. <laughs> yeah, you see her peel potatoes. She does some laundry. Good stuff. That sounds sounds thrilling. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, you know, I'm not here to shit on the movie. It's it's an interesting idea. Uh, and you kind of see what they're going with when you watch the movie. But, yeah, I'm just picturing people watching this list and going, well, I've seen Vertigo. So it's, it's, and, it's a real slice of life, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's essentially a slice of life. I'd actually try to go for something near the end. I'm not going to spoil anything. But, yeah, there is a purpose to it. I just don't know if most people will like that. But, you know, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, greatest film of all time, according to the BFI. Uh, you know. Not not trying to shame it. It's it, it is what it is. Uh, here I'll quickly give you the top ten for the directors, and yeah, you can maybe let me know if you think it sounds okay. any better. Uh, let me see if it's even that different. Really, I vaguely remember uh, the the critics one is the one that is the core list. That's the one that's been tracked every ten years. Um, but you know, I, I think the directors are pretty strong. So quickly going off the directors list, they have in the mood for love at number ten which was on the last list. Persona at number nine, which... Not on the last list. Uh, have you seen this one, Tristan? Persona? No, I didn't know it was a movie. I thought it was only a video game frame. 
So this is new to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh they should have made five of these and we could have gotten Persona five, but Yeah, I hear that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, maybe the first video game is based off this film. I'm I'm not too sure. I hope so. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and this film is very influential. Um, if you watch the film, it Fight Club is based off this movie. Like, like, there's a lot of movies that are based off of Persona. Unfortunately, I just don't get it. I, and for, unlike Gene Delman, which I, I I understand that it's going for something, and I respect it. And I, you know, I kind of enjoy the weirdness of watching a woman for three hours doing nothing. A Persona, I just I this is one that I just don't like, and I know that's a controversial take. This is in the well, obviously, top 10 for directors, and even on Letterboxd, it's like in the top 50 films of all time. You know, uh, maybe you'll like it, Tristan. Uh, who, who am I to say? But at number eight, we have Mir, which was on the last list in the top five, or at least in the top 10. Number seven, we have Eight and a Half. Number six, we have Vertigo. Number five, we have Gene Delman. She cracked the top five in directors, but not number one here. Number four, we have Tokyo Story. Number three, we have The Godfather. Number two is Citizen Kane. And number one is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hmm. Some people like myself would say that the director's list was better, but, you know, uh, you know, who am I to say? Taxi Driver got number 11, so it almost cracked the... Oh, sorry, it got number 12, so it almost cracked the, the top there. You know, I think it's a stronger list, but, you know... Uh, who am I to judge the critics? A, a total critic move, though, is a not to have a fucking top 10 like that. It really is. A top 10 list of movies that most people never... <laughs> uh, the directors, I believe, only have two films from the last decade. So they, so they have even less recent films. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think they just have Parasite and... Maybe they have Moonlight and Portrait of Lady on Fire. Uh, I know Get Out's not on theirs, but... Get Out's not on their list, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so I think they just have the other three. I could be wrong, though. But anyways, uh, that's the BFI list. We will uh, check in on it again in a decade, Tristan. Uh, 2032. Uh, what's the biggest snub for you, Tristan? Superbad? Should that have been on there? Uh, Superbad most definitely should have been on. Honestly, Social Network should have been on there for being a little more serious. Social yeah. Network's real good. I doubt Dark Knight's on there either. Uh, that's, no, uh, no. that's important. What's next? You're going to tell me Ferris Bueller's Day Off didn't make it? I know, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, what, what a crazy These place. are classics, baby. Yeah. Fuck and like, obviously... Like my ass. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and obviously These I love... Real. Yeah, obviously I love Grand Budapest Hotel, but like... I don't think that needs to be on like the BFI list, but like truly the best movies, like the best of the best, and Social Network, Twelve Angry Men, those aren't on there, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- those feel like real snub. Yeah, and then even uh, I know we briefly talked about the animation, but it does feel weird that Toy Story, like the first film to really have three D animation, that really birthed the way of animation today. Like something like that seems a little odd that that kind of missed out, but. What am I supposed to know? I agree. Yeah. It's not like a history list. It's just like a best, highest quality movie list. Yeah, yeah, it's more so, yeah. You know, uh, the highest of quality, I guess. I was going to ask you off the bat, what would be your... Because uh, everybody sends 10, right? And then there's a list of 100. I was going to ask off the bat, like, what would be your 10 sight and sound movies? But, uh, you know, on the fly, it kind of hard to do. Do you know what yours are? You've probably thought about it before. Uh... 
I actually did write it down, actually, because um, I talked about it in the film chat. Let me see if I still have it. Uh, give me a quick second. You can think of a list if you got it, Tris. I really won't be able to. Th- I don't think I'll be able to come up with a good list here. I really haven't seen that many, like, super high critically acclaimed films. They're not like the, the real, you know, old films get praised for being the best of all time. Typically, I more so just watch, like, the, the big Oscar buzzy ones of this year and that kind of stuff. So I haven't seen, like, a lot of the, the more historic films that are, that are on these lists. Also, I'm not super well versed in foreign films, which I know is also a lot. They're probably very well deserved. I just haven't seen them. So that's why I don't think, like, my list... My list will end up being my, my 10 favorite movies, which I know none of them probably deserve to be on the list. Yeah. Mine, I deleted it from my actual phone, but I went back to the chat and I quickly found it. And then I try to go for a lot of really well-made foreign films as well, because I feel like that's one thing that Sight and Sound has compared to the Oscars or really anything else, is it yeah. also tries to acknowledge a lot of foreign films, which I think is a good way to do it. Because almost no critically acclaimed list ever addresses that so i feel like it's good to at least have one pretty canonical list that tries to give representation for in film so i try to at least have a few of those in mind uh quickly my 10 are and these are the films i probably deem to be like the best made films not necessarily my favorites 12 angry men amelie incendies in the mood for love social network high and low ace in the hole Diabolique, Scarface, and Brief Encounter. Not Parasite, eh? Yeah, I guess not Parasite. I, I, I was, guess I was trying to go for more, like, ones that I noticed weren't really in the list and I kind of wanted to give more attention to. Except for, I guess, I had In the Mood for Love. But, um, you know, the rest I don't even think were in the top 100. Maybe I should have had Parasite. Uh, I also was trying to do one from each decade. So I had Social Network for the 2010s. So maybe that's why I didn't bother putting Social Network. I tried to get one from each decade, and then I had two from the 50s and you know two from the 90s, I think. So, you know. Two from the 90s? Actually, actually, I said that, and now that I think about it, I don't think I had any from the 90s, so. Yeah, the 90s doesn't really have any super iconic classic films, does it? No, it doesn't. I had two from the 2000s. Amelie and Incendies are both from the 2000s. Uh, oh, actually, fuck. I had three from the 2000s. I also had In the Mood for Love. So that's three from the 2000s. They had two from the 50s, Ace in the Hole and 12 Angry Men. And then one from the 60s, one from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 40s, and one from the 2010s. So, you know, I try to spread it out, but I ended up getting, still having three from the 2000s. But none, none from the 2020s? You should have had Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine getting Top Gun Maverick in the Satan Sound? They fucking should have. They fucking man. If Top Gun Maverick had made it on that list, that'd be incredible. Yeah, could you imagine that? (laughs) You know what? Instead of having the critics and directors make this, they should let the people who vote for the people's choice. No, no. (laughs) I would actually be very into seeing the People's Choice Awards Satan Sounds Top One Hundred. Yeah. Yeah, that that'd be pretty good. That uh, that would be interesting for sure. Uh, would Bad Boys for Life make the top one hundred? Uh, it better. <laughs> They're Bad Boys <laughs> for Life. Come on. Yeah, how many films from the MCU do you think would crack the top one hundred? How many MCU there, movies are there? Thirty-two. I think so. So my guess is thirty. 
that the, which two are getting cut? <laughs> Miss Captain Marvel and Eternal. <laughs> Easy answer. Oh, you think Thor Dark World's still cracking it? Oh, absolutely. It'll be like 97 or <laughs> Could you imagine seeing a Sight and Sound Top 100 and Thor the Dark World got like number 64? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know Zack Snyder's Justice League would be number one, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Zack Snyder's entire filmography is the top 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then that was all I had for the podcast, but I guess speaking of Marvel and, you know, the critically acclaimed top 100s from the Sight and Sound, did you see, I'm trying to remember what news article is, I'm going to look it up, uh, but did you see that top 10 of the year and everyone was complaining because they didn't know the names of any of the movies? Yeah, 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 I have seen that. Absolutely. I think it was like New York Times or something. Yeah, I... Uh, it was a pretty uh, big publication. As much as I am on the critic side, what a fucking pretentious top 10 list that is. Holy crap. That's the thing. I think there's most definitely uh, a, a balance between making movies that are legitimately the best movies and your favorite movies. If, you're, if it's a personal top 10 list, also just your favorite movies. But really, um, picking movies that nobody's ever heard of before. Yeah. Like, it's... Are they really the best movies? And I'm sure a lot of them are, absolutely. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick had a lot of fighter jets. So, you know, yeah. I think which is going to be better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. There is a very thin balance because I think both groups are totally in the wrong here. Like, I think this guy's list, and I guess this is a terrible podcast because I don't even have the list up right now. Uh, so I can't even list it off to you guys. But it's a pretty well-known list. Nope was number one. Tar was number seven. Uh, After Sun was somewhere in there. I don't remember specifically. Those where. are the only three I, I could I, I knew off the list. Yeah, those are the only three that I remember. I heard of the names of two other ones. Uh, what was it? Beauty and the Bloodshed was one of them. And I'm trying. There was another one I recognized. But still, as someone like me that actively follows every movie that you know, at least try to that comes out. And I only recognized half of the movies on the list. Like that's that's fucking crazy. I don't know how the hell that happened. It's uh yeah. pretty. And if you are someone those. who likes these super obscure films, I mean super auteur films or foreign films that that aren't very well known, and that's awesome. They love those movies. But maybe you shouldn't be writing film critique for like one of the biggest, most widely published newspapers in America. That's probably the more mass appeal the general audience that reading this fairly average newspaper, not like in a, you know, a film critic newspaper or a super auteur newspaper of any sort, just a mass published newspaper that general population will read might not be the best fit. Maybe you should have someone with a little more broad taste who likes more popular things. That still, of course, is a film critic, a true real film critic who's, who's an honest and good film critic, but, but maybe one that has more um, popular interests than someone who likes real small and fringe of auteur films that people like me and Quentin who do pay attention a lot to news, him more so than myself, uh, still haven't even really heard of or just barely have heard of, let alone actually seen or know people have seen or discussed the film. It is a fine line. I actually don't even have that much of an issue with the publication uh, posting this guy's top 10. I would like if they, and maybe they have, and this is just the only one that was trending because it was so insane, just have a few of the you know, writers from the New York Times or whatever publication it was uh, and, and post 
multiple public, you know, lists, you know, maybe similar to the BFI top 100, maybe have all the top 10s for all these people and then make a accumulation of all their writers and their top 10s and kind of have a more defined list because this guy might have a very specific taste and he clearly does. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely a fine line between this guy's list and then the comments going, I haven't heard of any of these movies, so this list sucks. Well, you know, maybe watch yeah, them before you haven't heard of these that. movies doesn't mean the list's bad or it's not yeah, a like, legitimate list. Yeah, there's literally a fine line of people are like, Top Gun Maverick's the best movie of all time. It's not on this list, and I haven't heard of any of these 10 movies. Ah, this list sucks. Yeah. And, you know. uh, yeah, I don't think, I think, like, yeah. no one's really in the wrong here. Well, the only people who are in the wrong are the ones claiming that this list is invalid because they haven't heard of the film. Yeah. Once again, I, I question if someone with such obscure and specific taste and not into general films is the right fit for writing for a massive newspaper that should probably be suggesting still highbrow and, and more artsy fartsy films than what most people normally watch, but things that are more a, uh, akin to a general population's taste rather than just a uh, foreign films and small indie films that most people haven't heard of or even have access to watch if they do want to watch the films. Most of them are a lot harder to find. Yeah. Uh, I do have the top 10 here. I did finally pull it up. So just for those that aren't familiar, I'll quickly list them off. 10 is Down with the King. 9 is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. 8 is Flo Gourmand. 7 is Lost Illusions. 6 is Tar. 5 is No Bears. 4 is After Sun. 3 is Mr. Bachman and his class. 2 is Neptune Frost. And 1 is Nope. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I've seen 3 of these. I've heard of 5 of them. I have not even heard of five of these films. It's uh, I've seen one and I've heard of three. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pretty crazy list. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I th- th- this list threw me off. Like I was not ready to see a top ten and only know half. But it's fucking nuts. But he's welcome to his opinion. I was gonna say the commenters are welcome to their opinion, but like them criticizing. Yeah, you're welcome to their opinion, but if their opinion is that. I haven't heard of these films, so this list is wrong. Yeah. You're then, just an idiot. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just a terrible opinion uh, to just judge a film before you see it. Was even planning on talking about that list, but speaking of, you know, Marvel people, I, what was it? I saw one person that said, I consider myself a film critic, and I haven't heard a single one of these movies, so this list sucks. I was like, well, that's not very good film criticism, so yeah, I guess that kind of goes with, you know, uh, nobody was really in the right with this list, but... That's why, if you want to see a good top 10 list, wait in two months when we release our uh, top films of 2022. The definitive top 10 list. That's right. We have taste, baby. I guarantee you, you'll know one of the movies in the top 10. Guarantee it. Maybe you've heard of all 10 on our list. Uh, who knows? But uh, If you haven't, you're the one of the wrong, not us. That's right. Yeah. For that one commenter that said he's a film critic and he hasn't heard of any of those movies, Listen to our podcast, sit there for 10 hours, and I promise you, you will have heard of at least one film from our top 10. I don't even know what the top 10 is yet, but I guarantee you will have heard of one of them. All right, that's everything on my end. Anything on your interest? That's all I got. Perfect. All right, well, until next time, guys, have a fantastic day.